Good morning, and thank you for joining me once again as we continue uh, our series from unbelief to belief. And we have been looking at uh, a number of things pertaining to the gospel and to salvation. We have looked at uh, the gospel as the accomplishment of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, that which God has done in and through the person and work of his son Jesus uh, for our salvation. We've uh, looked at uh, how uh, the benefits uh, of the cross, of the atoning work of Christ, uh, comes to be received. We've talked about repentance and faith and the new birth and uh, these types of things. And today I want to uh, start, and we're going to take several days, to look at some things uh, that Jesus said uh, in the context of evangelism, in the context of uh, uh, calling people to faith and repentance. Uh, but in essence, he didn't say you need to repent and believe. He used other language uh, uh, to, uh, to call people to himself in order that they would be saved. And, and they are, at least in my view, they're, they're really problematic types of passages. And while I... Uh, I live and I, I stand by, I minister according uh, to the, uh, uh, the doctrines that were recovered in the Reformation uh, that we are saved by God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, uh, for God's glory alone, and uh, the scripture alone gives us the testimony to those uh, realities. But so many times in the way that Jesus spoke to people. Uh, it can be uh, a bit confusing, at least it was to me. I'll just be honest with you. I, I, I struggled to understand uh, what some of these things uh, meant. So today we're going to start looking at some things that uh, uh, you might call them difficult sayings, that you might call them uh, challenges that were laid down by the Lord Jesus Christ in terms of salvation. Uh, and we'll see uh, how these things uh, are uh, intrinsically and essentially involved with what it means to be saved, what it means to repent and believe. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and open it to the Gospel of Luke chapter 9. And uh, we will begin in verse 23, and we shall read through verse 25. So Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. And what did Jesus mean? in speaking to the crowds uh, when he called upon them uh, to follow after him. Uh, just taking it at a at, at simple face value, uh, was salvation something that could be earned uh, by the effort, uh, by the, uh, the faithfulness with which one followed after the Master, the, the Lord Jesus Christ? Or uh, is there something else going on uh, in these challenges that Jesus laid down? So let's read, read our passage and let's talk about it. Jesus is the speaker, and he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Now, one very popular way of looking at 
this type of passage, this call to discipleship, is to uh, assign it a place that is exclusive to the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that is, indeed, uh, he was on earth, he was walking around Palestine, and he was calling people to align themselves uh, with him uh, to become his disciple. And so now that he is not incarnate among us, he is not physically present in the world, there, there is no more call to follow after Jesus. So it's just a unique uh, moment in time, unique to the, uh, the time frame of uh, the life and ministry of Jesus, the, the, the gospel, uh, the time of, of the gospel being accomplished uh, through the incarnation. And uh, that you know, forces me to, to say that, that many times the, the, pro the approach we take to the scriptures or the lens through which we look at the scriptures will determine uh, how we interpret a scripture and again uh, will lead us down the wrong path. In other words, if you were to say, well, this only applied to those that were in, you know, in Palestine uh, that encountered Jesus and so it was uni unique and exclusive to that time, then all of a sudden the text really has no relevance to us uh, in 2023. And I don't think anybody really would want to argue uh, that the, these gospel interactions are meaningless for us. And clearly, if you look at verse 25, uh, the issue is that of eternal life, uh, that of losing one's life, uh, one of gaining uh, one's life. And so what did Jesus mean and how does this relate to uh, the realities of faith? And so uh, certainly he, he called and some people you know, speak to this, he called for a decision. Either you're going to stay here and continue your life as it was or you're going to come after me and follow me. Well what was the purpose of following him? Following him to hear the very word of God to hear the explanation of who he was and what he came to accomplish, to be exposed to all of the truth that would ultimately be the foundation of our Gospels, the, the content of our Gospels, but uh, they were to follow after him, and as Peter is quoted as saying in John 6, uh, he was to give to them the words of eternal life. And so uh, the design was you come and you listen, and you learn, and you will hear of me, and you will be kind of in a perpetual situation of choosing. Today I will follow. Today I will follow. In fact, what does he say? You take up your cross daily. That is, you align yourself with the Lord Jesus daily. And so we see in here what I think is uh, the the blurring of the lines or, the, or at least the essential relationship between faith and works. And, and that is that we cannot say we believe if there's never any obedience to Christ. Uh, where there's true obedience to Christ, it is rooted in true faith. Again, faith without works is dead, as, as James would say. And so uh, to respond to Jesus to follow after him was to believe in him. And to be sure, it seems that some initially followed and initially believed, 
but it really didn't result in saving faith. Uh, the Kind of the most notorious example would be in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, that Jesus began to say some very difficult things, including, uh, you must uh, eat my flesh and drink my blood, and other challenges. And we're told that many of the disciples left. And uh, uh, John uses disciple not to mean the, the twelve, but those that were attracted to the teaching of Jesus, and they followed him for a time. But there was no work of God in them that produced regeneration in which they truly believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. They were given every opportunity to hear the gospel, to see uh, the Son of God incarnate, uh, to respond to him in faith and repentance. That was the purpose of following after. But those that left, those departed, proved themselves, at least in that time, to be ingenuine and unconverted. And so God still, or Jesus still calls us to come and follow after him in faith. Uh, that uh, if we are followers of Christ, we're his disciples. If we're his disciples, we're his followers. If we're, we're following him as a disciple, we are believers, okay? And so we can't really separate those things out and say, well, I, I really just want to believe and get eternal life, but I have no uh, real desire to follow after Jesus to be a disciple. Well, you can't separate those things. So the call to follow, the call to deny, the call to be a disciple is the call uh, to believe unto salvation uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can see how it can get confused because, again, it's, it's, why not just say believe in me? Well, again, Jesus chose the language of following after me as a disciple, continuing to hear, and ultimately you will decide, are you going to follow me uh, completely uh, with no reserve or are you going to hedge your bets and ultimately fall, fall away? And so what does Jesus mean by come and follow me? He means come and trust in me, surrender yourself to me, as your Lord and your Savior, and be saved. So I pray that this is a blessing to your day, and I'll look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.